All of our episodes of Watch Out for Fireballs are brought to you by our patrons. You already know that. I say it at the beginning of every episode. However, this episode very specifically is brought to you by our patrons because this is our live episode from the Midwest Gaming Classic. The only reason why we're able to do these shows, uh, travel out and meet people, um, and really kind of get the word out, um, is because of your support. Uh, if you support us, thank you very much. If not, please head on over to uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and consider uh, doing so. We really appreciate it. Thank you. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And this is Watch Out for Fireballs, a Games Club podcast. And this week, we are broadcasting the live show that we recently did at the Midwest Gaming Classic here in April of 2019. Mm-hmm. In Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I almost said Ohio. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the topic of the episode was creative games. Why are they fun? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you'll hear in the episode, we're going to go ahead and uh, play it, but we kind of had a, it's a, like similar to when we do a topic thing where it's not absolutely in depth, mm-hmm. um, we just kind of, it's a survey, uh, trying to answer the question, like, why these things are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I like to think that we get somewhere close to it. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then after, stay tuned afterwards, mm-hmm. um, after the live panel, where we will uh, talk about that weekend. Uh, as is typical um and also as is typical for live shows excuse the slightly lesser sound quality yeah or anything onto it is portable recorders how we did that yeah yep and uh and typically typically how we do it also uh they do for all of our live shows um (laughs) even through history they end up putting them on youtube eventually oh yeah just just know that if that's interesting to you you can do that Mm -hmm. um yeah and uh here it is Whenever we do live shows, I always like to ask, uh, who here does not know who we are, who's not uh, seen us? Hello. Thank you, yeah. people. Thank you for swinging by. Thanks, thanks for, for thanks for giving it a shot. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're gonna basically do kind of a con- uh, now when we do live shows, we don't really do a version of what we do on the podcast. We kind of do different topics. Um, it's a little bit different, uh, but it gives you kind of an idea uh, whether you can you can decide if you like us. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> um, as people, as human beings. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, uh, and get started. I think so. Here. Um, so uh, my name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're watching and listening to Watch Out for Fireballs live from the Midwest Gaming Classic. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, and this year at the Midwest Gaming Classic, uh, we are uh, talking about a topic. We are talking about creative games in this talk titled Finding the Fun in Mario Paint and Friends. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys like topics? Let's give it up. Um, <laughs> more, more into subjects. Yeah, more into subjects. The uh, so for people who don't know who we are, um, uh, we are DuckFeed.tv. It is a podcast network, uh, primarily concerned with games, but uh, with a variety of subjects. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the flagship show. This is the one that's been running the longest on the uh, the network as it currently exists. Um, which is a little bit of a games club podcast. Most episodes, we take a game, we talk about it at length, uh, kind of its history, some kind of analysis, and then we go through everything that happens in it. Um, it is like vicariously playing the game. Uh, and we've been doing it for, like I said, almost eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got about 230 episodes. stuff. So, yeah, coming up on our eighth year. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, so, uh, like I said, we are talking about creative games. Um, and this is really hard to define um, and I think that's something we're going to ultimately talk about, which is where does a creative game stop and then just straight up creative software start? Yes. Right. So it's important for us to kind of demarcate what we are going to be uh, kind of uh, expounding upon. Mm-hmm. And so kind of briefly, uh, this is commercial software or games that allow you to create uh, either that's levels, art, music, or making your own games. And we're concentrating on things that are sold as games and are interacted with as games. Yes. So we're not talking about Unity. You know, right. So if you're looking for the Unity presentation, that's in a different room. Yes. Um, this is this is much more uh, Mario Paint. Uh, what we're not going to be doing is we are not being comprehensive. Uh, we have 45 minutes. We are not going to hit everything or right. close to it, really. Yeah. Um, stuff that kind of wanders out of what we have in mind here. Uh, so we're not going to be talking about uh, ROM hacks, uh, mods, really. Uh, it's, it's kind of a little bit more under the hood then we would uh, probably, I mean, I don't know how to mod a game. Do you? No. No? no. <laughs> uh, you know, we're not talking about, like, QBasic, even though you fire that up on a Commodore 64, just like a Commodore 64 game. Um, and so this is going to be kind of a breakdown of different categories and maybe some highlights of, uh, of stuff that we have uh, researched yeah. in them. We're also not talking about things like color a dinosaur. We are talking about a game where you can color a dinosaur, yes, but not the titular dinosaur of color a dinosaur. <laughs> right. And uh, there's a couple things we might just a little bit touch on, like things like uh, machinima, right? Things like that. Yeah. Um, and then we have kind of an overarching goal is to talk about why that's fun, like why the act of doing that is fun. These, these creation engines are not just uh, a way to share levels that are fun to play. The actual act of creating the levels, act of creation of doing these things, is a good time. Is kind of our thesis. Yes. Um, and really, we don't have this planned out terribly much. The answer to that might just be that if you are a certain kind of person, making things and completing projects is just fun and satisfying. Yeah. There's a little bit more to it that we've come across, but we're going to see if we can find that answer together. Yeah. Um, so, Cole, when was the first time that you ever played around with us? The first creative game you messed with? Oh, Excite Bike, my friend. Excite Bike for yeah. me as well. Yeah. You guys, uh, you guys like Excite Bike? Is that the first one for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Excite Fight is cool. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, it's, it's fun. That was really kind of, uh, blew my mind as a kid mm-hmm. to make my own tracks. Um, I think that if you didn't just do a bunch of the big jumps, you were a cop. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was just really, really cool. And they handed those things out like, um, like they were gold in the actual uh-huh. main game. And then when I was in control, it was candy time. And it was just like, <laughs> treats, treats, treats. Up all and treats. down. Yep. Up and down. Treats. <laughs> yeah. Excite Bike was great because it was just, it was simple enough, right? Yes. You know, it's a, it is a simple game. You can iterate really quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that, that, that was, that was it. And then I had my Mario Paint phase too. But we're going to get to that. No, we're going to talk about Mario Paint. Uh, <laughs> um, so the first kind of broad subject is level editors. 
right? Yeah. Speaking um, of that fight. So these are uh, these these games that will ship with uh, the creation tools built in. So primarily it's a game, but the level editor is kind of a side piece. Um, kind of, you know, similar to like a multiplayer mode or something. Don't yeah. say side piece. <laughs> don't, don't police, don't, don't side piece. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, these, these oftentimes, like the ones that we have in mind are like um, ones where it is inside the game interface, right? So something like, you know, when you buy Half-Life and you get the Forge, you know, map editor, that is you know, kind of a separate tool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a doki-doki fact, something everybody probably knows, but bears saying anyway. Sometimes whole games come out of these. Uh, Will Wright um, thought up Sim City when he was messing around with the level editor for Raid on Bungling Bay back in the PC days. Yep, which more or less became that game. Yes. Um, the first game that we were able to find that has a, uh, a level editor was Casey Munchkin, uh, which is a maze chase game, so think Pac-Man, uh, that was on the Odyssey 2 in 1981. Um, you can make your own levels by, uh, it was almost a grid system of letters and numbers, and you would choose those based on, uh, choose what areas would have walls based on using that grid. Yep. Um, and it would, it would change the game. Um, yep. There were some clever things you could do with that game, uh, because they're the place where the ghosts, the equivalent of ghosts, I don't know what they are in Casey Munchkin, um, the <laughs> goblins or what have you, uh, pop out as this little rotating pit uh, that came around, and you could still travel through that. It was like a revolving door. Which is really neat. Like, you could go into the area where the ghosts go, it would tip upwards, and you could leave and leave the ghost behind. And people built levels that were around that concept, where whole sections of the map were only accessible one-fourth of the time. Um, so, you know, you might have a high-risk object in there that you want to get, you know, your pellets uh, that you want to KC munch, or your, your power <laughs> pellets, which you want to KC crunch. And uh, But you get trapped in there with a, with a ghost, the equivalent of a ghost. Yeah. Uh, very neat. You couldn't save in this. It was very primitive, but it's still like a lot of people made some neat things, and there's some uh, evidence of that on YouTube. Yeah, uh, you can actually see this. They've got it over in the um, the PC uh, museum section of this. Uh, the cover on Kansas City Munchkin is really good. Yeah. Any of those maze chase like devour them up kind of games, mm-hmm. the covers on those. I just want to have like a Tumblr that is nothing but that because there's always one real hungry boy going after oh, yeah. somebody who really doesn't want to get Ed up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I, uh, I miss Pac-Man's legs. Yeah. And, I, and here's the thing. I bet you Pac-Man misses them, too. Not to get all, like, Lieutenant Dan on it, but I just feel like they're probably, like, he, you know, he would yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, um, and throughout the 80s, uh, this would kind of be a hallmark of uh, kind of microcomputers, PC kind of things. Uh, so you have games uh, like Load Runner or Jet Set Willy. Uh, Boulder Dash was a big one over in uh, Europe and Britain. Um, all of these got level editors kind of over the first half of the uh, of, of the 80s, right? Kind of these basic platformers or puzzle platformers. You have the ability to make challenges for either yourself or your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we also talked a little bit about console ones with Excitebike. Um, there are also games like Mock Rider. You know, like if you, if you see a trophy in Smash Brothers and you don't recognize it, it's Fire Emblem. But if you, if you see like four trophies, maybe the fourth one is Mock Rider. Yes. Um, a game called Nuts and Milk. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, nuts and milk, uh, you know, classic. The, the two classic characters together at last. Yeah. Um, the Wrecking Crew, possibly Mario's lowest moment. Um, and then uh, you know, a game called Battle City. So a lot of these games had uh, those level letters, even on your, your NES or your Famicom. Yeah, yeah. And like all these, you know, basic genre stuff, right? Like Battle City was just uh, like combat, you mm-hmm. know, rotating tanks and stuff. But, you know, that basic game gave you the ability to make basic levels, right? Yeah, um, I had a lot of fun. So this kind of continued into the 90s with uh, freeware titles, uh, you know, DOS titles. 
uh, one of my kind of biggest memories of this, and I went back and checked to make sure that it was still good. A game called Jetpack. Has anybody here played Jetpack? Mm-hmm. Such a good game. Oh my gosh. Came out in 1993 and it had a level play basically like two modes. It had a single player campaign you could go around in, but this really simple like tile based level editor. Um, and like me and my buddy, uh, we would just pass levels back and forth, you know, first making levels that were impossible to beat, but then realizing, oh, it's more fun if we make it possible to win. <laughs> Is this the greatest concentration of Jetpack fans? Possibly. Uh, in the continental U.S.? Are you guys allowed to fly together? So somewhere in the alarm just went off. Not. <laughs> it's really good. I didn't no, like, I didn't, you know, I, I, I believe you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was one from, from Rare that got... Oh, oh gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So only two, just the two, the guys yeah, okay. know the, the, the formula for we're Jetpack. Good. <laughs> Um, there's also uh, a lot of people. We're not going to talk a lot about it, but like do mods, right? So that was shipped with with a, a creation engine, and that's one of the cool things about that is that's still going. Um, yeah. We did an episode on Doom Two. You can hear us talk about the fact that it's a thriving community. Every year, hundreds of really excellent Doom levels come out. Yeah. So if you guys like Doom, you can still play Doom. Yeah. The investment you made back in 1993 or 96 is still good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, along with this, um, this even went to calculators. Uh, my high school math classes were plagued by TI-83 Mario. So Mario Maker, except on a tiny, you know, scientific calculator, um, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit later, uh, a lot of people are familiar with, like, the Warcraft and Starcraft uh, level editors um, on PC. Those are really great. And a lot of uh, actual high-level, like, I've seen tournament play, like, maps are designed for uh, StarCraft tournaments. Yep. Um, and then uh, in this era, one that's very important to me is the park editors and Tony Hawk. Good. Um, I love those. Uh, <laughs> that is a lot of fun. And uh, so one of the, that's one of the games. So we each kind of chose a handful of games to really go play a lot of uh, to kind of get to the center of this thesis, and this was mine. Um, and the, the big takeaway, the insight I took, was that it was very easy to kind of conceive of lines. Um, you know, here here is a rail that goes to a planter box that goes up a ramp and then, you know, gets up in the ceiling, things like that. Uh, but the amount of tuning, it gave me this immense amount of respect for the level designers who had made the official levels. Um, it just constantly tweaking and tweaking and tweaking, test and iterate, test and iterate. And uh, that's one of the kind of things I came away from doing research on this is that the, one of the best things a level editor can do is give you this loop where you play a game, um, you see how it works, you're like, I want to try that. You go back and you try it. You see how hard it is. You spend a bunch of time tweaking, and then you can see more of what the people did. Like when you go back to the actual game, it is much clearer uh, what they're doing. Um, and that is one of the kind of central tenets of what we figured out here: is that level editors and creation games are a way to appreciate the things you love deeper and more fully uh, than you ordinarily would. Yeah. So I didn't really mess around with the creative park in this, but memories from back in the day, like everything that I made was really obvious. You know, like, it was clear that this was a line. The biggest thing that kind of stuck with me when I went back to the official levels was kind of the ingenious ways that they obfuscated the lines. Mm -hmm. Like, the unseen part of that design is really, really important. Yeah. You know, and trying to figure out how to emulate that was one of the bigger challenges. Yeah. 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 Um, We recently covered, not recently, several years ago, time is meaningless. Several years ago, we covered Neverwinter Nights 2. Um the original Neverwinter Nights is kind of more known for this, but that shipped with um, something called the Aurora Engine, where you could kind of snap together uh, campaigns basically out of tiles and stuff. A little bit edging into just, like, the actual, like, creation software. Like, I don't know why I feel it's worth talking about this and not the GAC 
Sure. Yeah, you probably need to spend more time with it. Probably, yeah. You know? And it's also, it's multiplayer, right? So, like, the yeah. War Engine, where you, you can play with your friends, and one person would play the DM. Yeah. Um, which is which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Um, and then, kind of, like, most recently, Portal 2's Puzzle Creator is really satisfying, because um, that, that applies kind of the Mario Maker rules, or I guess Mario Maker applies the Portal rules, <laughs> um, where you have to be able to solve the level before you, uh, before you finish it, mm-hmm. or before you can publish it. Yeah. So I feel like a little bit, you know, in kind of the end of the, those are the level editors that we feel like talking about. There's a billion more. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, you know, I, for me, I touch on what I think is fun about that, which is it's a way to, uh, get this deeper appreciation of, uh, you know, of the main product. It exists not necessarily independently. Um, it is a way to, the game that shipped with your level editor, a way to feel it more deeply. Yeah. So. Um, and for me, you know, the joy in this was sharing, right? Especially when it was local. Again, my uh, time with Jetpack, you know, over, over at my friend's house, passing that back and forth, um, just kind of, um, I don't know, <laughs> just just, just uh, making something for somebody else, and then watching them consume it and seeing if they're going to get caught at exactly the part you think they're going to get caught. Right. There's you know? a deviousness to it. Yes. There's a cruelty with Cole Ross. Yeah. No. And in general. Yeah. Um, a, a deadness yeah. in his eyes. Yeah. See, there's like a doll's eyes. <laughs> um, the other thing, another kind of major category we want to talk about is construction kits. Um, so these are a little bit more dedicated. Uh, these end in maker or kit, generally. <laughs> um, and these sometimes will include a demo game, but the purpose of these, the, the ratio is different. If you think of like a yin-yang symbol, mm-hmm. um, this is a little bit of the uh, the game that's included with, but mostly it's there to uh, to make games. Yes. Or make whatever. You know, make types of games. Yeah. Um, and again, these are sold as games. Think of Mario Maker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of like an IDE, kind of like an integrated development environment. You've got all these different, you know, aspects of putting one of these things together, whether it's a level or a full game. But you are interacting with it through your controller or through something that, you know, plugs into the into the console, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Broderbund. Uh, a word that I will never get sick of, of saying. Um, it did a lot of these in the early 80s, among like electronic arts as well. Like There's a lot of companies. We're going to kind of hit on these. Um, one of the reasons why we're kind of doing the, the breadth of these that we, I want to talk about is just kind of show that these were bespoke. Um, almost any type of game you wanted to make during this period of the 80s, there was a way to make it. Yeah. Um, you know, so we kind of like looking at uh, research of this, I was like, oh, like adventure constructions, you know, uh, constructors that like I can make Ultima. Yeah. You know, if I want to make Ultima, but let's say I would, I'd rather make Bard's Tale. Bardsdale construction set. Like, there's just kind of one of these for whatever you wanted, um, which is really, really neat, um, as opposed to something like a more commercial thing like Game Maker, which has to be broader uh, to allow you to have more power, but is also more technical because of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it goes without saying, but, like, a lot of times, these were the developer's own tools, you know, yes. either for rapid prototyping um, or actually just what they used to actually make the games. And they said, hey, this is a way to expand value you know, like, this just, you know, makes people feel like they're going to get more bang for their buck because 26 years later, people are going to still be making Doom levels, you know? There's a neat, uh, also another part of these that's interesting is that kind of underlines how some of these games were genre agnostic. Um, so something like uh, Gary Kitchen's Game Maker had all the same mechanics for making games, but you would change the overlay. So yeah. you could have packs to make it a sci-fi game or a sports game, or if you played uh, Adventure Construction set, it would have a spy setting, something like that. So it would basically be the same mechanics, and you got to choose the fiction that went around it. Yeah. Um, something else that doing the research on these really highlighted for me was, back in the 80s, there's just such a fine line between what was a game and what was software. 
on these things. Largely because right? of PC, right? Yeah, so PC. it's like the idea that uh, a PC is for doing your taxes um, <laughs> as opposed to games, that was much truer at a certain point. And this is a really, uh, like, a, almost like the, the Jurassic Park mosquito in amber of seeing that dissonance or that yeah. tension between the computer as something your dad does his taxes on mm-hmm. and something you play games on. Yeah. Um, this straddles that line really well. Yeah. Um, so you see stuff like, you know, as, as early as um, in 1982 on the Apple II, Arcade Machine um, was a way for you to make uh, Galaxia bubbles. Like, you would chart out the uh, kind of the patterns of these um of the bugs that were going to fly in, right? Um, and, you know, just because it was the 80s and the money and cocaine flowed like wine, um, they even had a, a $1,500 prize for, like, the best, for the best one of these. The best Galaxium bubble. Yes, best Galaxium so, yeah, think, of, think of Galaxium. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> I, I, still, I don't necessarily know what makes a good Galaxium level. Yeah. Um, like, they come down real good. Yeah. Uh, like a like neat curve. There's <laughs> a lot of bugs. S- sweet angle, a lot of bugs. A lot of bugs to get yeah. there. Sweet angle, a lot of bugs. That's what I like. <laughs> a little full, a lot of sap. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, another, uh, another game that a lot of people I feel like, uh, probably have some familiar, familiarity with is RPG Maker. Um, this, this, uh, franchise, we didn't get it until actually rather late, but in 1988, uh, this came out on the PC 8801. Yeah. And, uh, that is a way to, those games are still sold on Steam now. Yeah. So you can go on Steam and buy RPG Maker games. It's really bizarre because it like like that has morphed or it began as just straight up creation software, mm-hmm. and now if you buy um, if you buy RPG Maker, it is like um, Game Maker. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just it was just that weird little window when we got it on the PlayStation where it was like this is a game that makes other games. I went, uh, that was a game that I read about in a magazine and mm-hmm. went on a quest to get. And whenever I was out, would ask whoever was driving at the time to take me to all the department stores in town to look for it. Nice. Ended up eventually finding it in a Kmart. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and then it was the load-bearing copy of RPG Maker. <laughs> and when I took that, Kmart was cursed and all of them crumbled. Yeah. You know how if you go into a Kmart, it looks like there's been a hurricane recently and people have been living in the Kmart for like a week? Yeah. I no. caused that. No, the the, the, the the fall of the house of Kmart. Like yeah, exactly. eerie blue light just extended across the horizon. Yes. Yeah. Special indeed. <laughs> but yeah, RPG Maker, this is one that I messed around with and, and dug back in because, I don't know, I was a big enough nerd to feel like I... Uh, to feel like I could, could, you know, gain from this. <laughs> um, and so this is one that I picked back up. Uh, and for me, uh, what really sticks out is, man, I wish I had a mouse and keyboard. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna get to interface stuff. Yeah. A lot of this. Like, uh, because the, presenting some of these things through that gamey format is actually not for the best. Right, know? right. Um, it's rough stuff. You know, and for a bunch of these, uh, you know, what it ultimately feels like is, a lower barrier to entry, but also with a lower ceiling on what you can make. Mm-hmm. Um, and those kind of limitations can be good. But, like, if you've exceeded what the game can kind of teach you conceptually, what you find is there's just so much friction in getting the idea from your head onto the screen, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes that stuff will get modded out, right? So, yeah. like, one of these that I spent a lot of time with is uh, called Unlimited Adventures, a 1993 PC game that let you make your own gold box games, if you guys are familiar with those. Um, and I spent tons of time on this and uh, downloaded it on GOG in preparation for this episode. It crashed a lot, which is a bummer. But the cool thing was I went online and saw, much like Doom, there are people who are still worrying about the revenge of Dranaganax. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and are, what, what did Dranaganax do after he got defeated? I don't know. <laughs> you can find out because some hero online has made a game about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still it's still going, and people have modded it to include uh, functionality, classes, um, 
later edition rule set stuff yep. from from D and D, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, you know, not quite Baldur's Gate style, you know, uh, uh, high end stuff, but a little bit more advanced than standard uh, advanced D and D. Yeah. Yeah, and these got really like uh, they got really special, specialized. Like Fighter Maker is another one. I rented this again. The, the weird thing you could just rent one of these at the Blockbuster because it was shipped as a game. Um, Fighter Maker I couldn't like make heads, heads or tails of. Yeah, and yeah. They, they, no one liked that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a really poorly reviewed uh, reviewed game. Yeah, um, for this, um, it's worth mentioning. Uh, Pinball Construction Kit was a very early version of this. And uh, the, the gentleman, uh, Bill Budge, who made that, um, this was kind of part of his vision, right? So he, um, you know, this was originally marketed as Bill Budge's, uh, from the, you know, the maker of uh, Raster Blaster, which was a pinball game he had made. People were like, I love Raster Blaster. Let's make my own Raster Blaster. You can do it. Eventually, this got bought by EA and was like an early tentpole EA release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this continues. Uh, Nintendo uh, is really kind of uh, making a big deal out of this. So, like, WarioWare DIY, it feels like all this is connecting. Like, there's mm-hmm. a, there's an element of emergent, emergent play in this. Yes. And also, we're talking about WarioWare again. We didn't need to cover all of that, but, you know, the idea of WarioWare is that Wario wants to make a lot of money, so he makes a lot of really tiny games. Well, now you can also be... You can make no money doing the same thing. Yes, you can pay money for the privilege, in fact. Um, but it yeah. gives you a lot of tools. It gets really fiddly, um, but it's, uh, it, it is a good... Yeah, a, a good compromise, I think. And it helps that you have the stylus. Like, that is one way. The touch screen kind of gets around the interface problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously, um, you know, very popular, and one thing I want to talk about for a minute is Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that came out uh, uh, 2015, and it, for me, it was a killer app for the Wii U. It was mm-hmm. my favorite thing. You know, I liked it better than Cat Mario. Um, <laughs> I love Cat Mario. And, the, uh, and I think Mario Maker is... Probably the most fun I've had with one of these creation games making games. Yeah. I think um, the interface is so smooth, um, and it plays with and breaks the rules of Mario games uh, in a way that, as a lifelong fan, I am constantly surprised and delighted by it. Um, you know, even just setting down the um, trampoline uh, jump pad sideways so <laughs> things bounce off of it. Um, little things you can kind of break the rules to take these tools that I'm super familiar with and just kind of jumble them up. Yeah. Um, and it is so easy to iterate. It's you know, extremely rapid. The interface is really, really clean. Um, it's great. I love Mario Maker. I'm yeah. really looking forward to Mario Maker 2 with slopes. Yes. Uh, Mario Maker 2 is going to be really good. I'm going to just burn his butt up just sliding down those hills. Um, yeah, no, that's coming out like in a couple of months. Yep, it comes yeah. out in June. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, to tell them about the level that you're making. Oh, so um, this is this is a thing, too. That's it. So the, a lot of these things come with an example. Uh, thing that shows you what you can do, right? Unlimited Adventures comes with this very boring fantasy campaign that you can play through if you want to. Um, Mario Maker, because Nintendo wants you to understand everything, Nintendo is a teacher as far as a developer goes, you have to earn the right to use your pieces. So you go through, like, Mario Maker 3DS comes with a really good Mario game in it. People, you like an old Mario platformer, it has one in there that's complete and robust. But you have to beat that to unlock tools. One of the kind of emergent things I was trying to do, I was trying to think of something to make for a level, and I don't necessarily know how to make like a one-one, like a, a teach you how to play thing. So I thought it would be really funny. Um, I'll watch out for fireballs. We recently covered Spec Ops the line. And I had this idea <laughs> for doing Spec Ops in, in Mario Maker. <laughs> so like, 
you know, you start off and there's two uh, two tubes with Goombas and you have one shell and you have to kill one of the Goombas to go forward. You make your choice, Walker. And then you get up to the top and there's a line of blocks and a P-switch and you have to hit the P-switch to get through the line of blocks. But it destroys these blocks below that tons of turtles are just above a fiery pit. <laughs> and you send them all in there and the coin spell, like, do you feel like a hero? <laughs> and, letters. And, uh, you just go, and there's a lot of shooting galleries. There's a lot of getting a, a fire flower and just being able to throw fire flowers into just a pit of turtles that never did anything to you and didn't even ask you to be there. Um, and I had this whole idea of like doing all of the major set pieces from Spec Ops in Mario Maker and how fun this would be. And because Nintendo is very, you know, kind of, uh, prescriptivist, um, I had I have to unlock the P block, so I really wanted to have that to show like somehow for this, and I didn't get far enough in the main game because it gets really hard to unlock the P block. And the P block, if I'm going to make Walker not have a choice, <laughs> the P, making him step on a P block to, to progress is the best thing I could come up with. Yeah. So I'm still working on that. I'm, I'm, we're going to find a way to share some of the stuff that we made mm-hmm. um, for this uh, online. But uh, yeah, that was uh, I was a little bit thwarted in that. <laughs> But that's like a like that's a level, but it's also an emergent like dumb art thing. Yeah, and that's that, that kind of freedom. You know, we talked about this crosses over with emergent gameplay. Yeah, um, that's a, the way that I think it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Mario Maker also kind of extended. Um, this isn't machinima, but one of my favorite things online around the time that Mario Maker happened was the grudge match. Uh, Sorry, but, can't be because of oh, oh, gotcha. Oh. Sorry, thanks. We we did not know. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, was, so one of my favorite things was the grudge match, um, kind of level creation duel between Dan Reichert and Griffin McElroy, <laughs> making just impossible levels. And they would just pass it back and forth and record themselves playing it. Like again, mm-hmm. you know, just, un- and you need to understand just pixel by pixel the way these bounce blocks are going to work. Yeah. If, you, if you look for for those levels, you can find people who have been working on trying to beat a Mario Maker level for years, yeah. uh, so they can upload it uh, to make the hardest one. And I, when the game came out, there was a lot of criticism of Mario Maker, like, oh, everyone is turning this into a Kaizo death corridor. And like, yes, you can do that. Mm-hmm. But you can also recreate spec ops. Like, you can yeah. you can do other stuff as well. Like, it doesn't have to be that. It's yours. You own it. You yeah. know. So just because everyone is making you know, absolutely difficult levels doesn't mean you have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something that's in a similar vein, but for a different, um, for a different platform, different publisher, Little Big Planet is gigantic with this. I intended to mess around with this more. I had done more in the past, but the tools for this are, you know, incredibly robust, even if the platforming feels really chunky. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel very good at all. Yeah, it feels bad. Uh, <laughs> it feels bad. I don't but, care for that sack boy. No. That sack child ain't right. I don't like <laughs> But you can make cool stuff. Um, and people have kind of recreated whole games. Uh, somebody recently made Mario Maker in Little Big Planet. I, I, I'm worried that you misunderstood me. Yeah. They didn't make a Mario level in Little Big Planet. They implemented Mario Maker in Little Big Planet 3. <laughs> so you can make the level by dragging your little dude around. It's uh, ridiculous. Super neat. Yeah. Still not worth playing with those platform controls. <laughs> I don't care how neat it is. That, that, that jump makes me want to like burn my hands off. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I think we mostly touched on what's fun about these. It's very similar to level creation, yeah. right? Um, but that freedom is is really important, I think, mm-hmm. being able to do stuff. I talked about, um, or I did mention, I talked about in the emergent gameplay episode we did in October about playing Tony Hawk and creating a jousting level yeah. where people would grind towards each other on a rail and whoever fell off lost. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of freedom to play with, you know, make games that people don't intend. They didn't intend to make Mario Maker. When they made the little bit planet, they didn't say, people are going to make another Maker game out of this. Right, right. You know? So that freedom is really important to this. 
I think. Absolutely, yeah. Um, man, and, and Tony Hawk's uh, park designer, do, do you just like put bungee pits everywhere? Because I, yeah, I, I all the you time. Know, well, you do Jetpack Boy over here. Yeah. Yeah, it really does it because you know, it's uh, cruel. I do not put bungee pits everywhere. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I respect Tonal Hawk. <laughs> Tonal Hawk. <laughs> I, I respect the tall, the tall bird fellow <laughs> uh, and his, the, his gangly charm. The, Thank the, you. The, 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 the tall skate man who nobody recognizes. Yep, <laughs> I love him. Um, the final kind of, or one of the final things we want to talk about are making games. So this is where the title of the, the panel comes from. These are games that are designed to express yourself artistically. Um, something like, uh, you know, like Mario Paint, you know, basically. Yeah. Um, there's some other examples we want to talk about, but that's most of uh, what we're, we're saying here. Yeah. The line gets thin um, because, like, I don't know, it's arbitrary why we would talk about Mario Paint and not say, like, kid picks, right? Mm-hmm. You know, other things you may have played in your school's computer lab, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's difficult to find um, the earliest examples of these. The ones that I found were actually music. Um, so there's a music construction set that was made um, in 1984, um, which feels just like music composition software. A little bit more on the game side, um, people have seen the uh, the NES piano, right? Mm-hmm. The Miracles, Miracle Piano Teaching System. This came out in 1990. Only came out in Japan. But, like, if you go and look at the feature set, it's actually weirdly a lot like Mario Paint. They've got, um, like, little mini games that are based around, um, that are based around, uh, kind of like teaching you concepts. You know, so hitting the right key at the right time, etc. So it's edutainment, but also expression. Yes. You know. And then finally, uh, Mario Paint, which I can talk about forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Mario Paint. Are you guys into Mario Paint? Yes, good. Yeah. Like, like Mario Paint. Mario Paint's good, right? <laughs> um, Shift with the mouse, which everyone knows. Um, something I just learned uh, doing research for this that's interesting is that you have a right mouse uh, click on the Nintendo mouse, but it doesn't do anything in Mario Paint. Um, there's a way to unlock that functionality. Um, if you click, I think it's on the N in Mario Paint, you see staff credits. You click on a certain name and then click on the N again. You've unlocked right mouse functionality in Mario Paint, <laughs> okay. which allows you to undo with a right click. Which how did they get that without that? Um, you can also <laughs> use a right click to immediately uh, draw. Uh, use like the paint dropper tool to to pull a color uh, from something <laughs> with a shortcut, and you have to unlock it through that esoteric code. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of an interesting thing about Mario Paint. Like we'll talk about the things it can do. But those restrictions, like Mario Paint is a thing where that low ceiling can get very frustrating, um, and people have taken that in their own hands and kind of fixed it. So my primary interest in Mario Paint was music. Um, that was like the earliest composition software I've done. Um, I've done a bunch of songs at Mario Paint Composer. Like I've made a couple albums in that. That's, like, that's a medium that I enjoy. Um, going back and trying to make a song using Mario Paint was a damn nightmare. Like <laughs> it's, it's got three note polyphony. You can have three things. You can't have the same instrument on the same note or two different instruments on the same note. You have, uh, I think it's 20 bars, 20 or 24 bars. Um, just It's very, very short. Um, you're just very limited yeah. in it. And uh, they made a version of that. There's a program called Mario Paint Composer. If you like Mario Paint, go download it. It fixes it. Yeah. Um, you have undo with a right click. You have a couple more voices. You have, uh, I think, five note polyphony. Um, and you can uh, make a song as long as you need to and construct parts of things into a song, have things repeat without redoing them. Yeah. So it'd be like a basic looping kind of yes. interface almost. Yep. Yeah. Um, and like you can understand why, uh, the, you know, why it would be limited like that, but also maybe why having something as a dedicated make whatever music you want um, kind of program might have been outside the scope, right? Because as a whole, Mario Paint is more about um, it's a making survey course. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a but little bit everything. It's like you, you take everything and you're putting it together into like little scenes or animations, mm-hmm. right? 
so yeah, the main you know the main parts of Mario Paint for people who are not familiar. Uh, it had a paint program that's very similar to like an MS Paint or something like that. Um, you could also make stamps, so you could make these things. You can do nine frames of animation uh, with it, and then uh, kind of really key to its presentation as a game, um, and that a lot of people uh, love is the coffee break button, which <laughs> sends you into a uh, nat attack. Yep. I think is the name of it. The uh, the game where you swap flies. Yeah. Using the mouse. And this is very clever. Um, the game actually is really elegant when you start it. To start the game, you have to click Mario. Mario moves around. So it's saying maybe the people playing this game are not familiar with a mouse. Yeah. Like maybe you don't actually, and you know, it seems outlandish to us, but if you're a kid playing this when it came out, maybe you wouldn't. So you have to hit a moving target to start the game. And then if you want to get better and more dexterous at a mouse, you have this fly attack game, which is not only fun, but it fulfills that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, on PCs at the time, there were like mouse tutorial games, like almost like hidden object kind of things for kids. This happens to also be a really fun game because Nintendo made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now this is, um, the, 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 this was huge. Uh, I never owned it myself, but my cousins had it. Um, and as cool as the mouse is, uh, what I think doesn't get spoken about enough is that uh, that awesome solid plastic mouse pad oh, that sure. comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> you can brain somebody with it. If, if somebody like ever be home invaded you, <laughs> yep. you could behead them like odd job. With it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Mario Paint's great. Did, did you make a special like song yeah, for this? I made a song in Mario Paint and a little animation that I'll put up. Uh, for the animation is very simple because I was using an emulator uh, for it because I don't have a copy of Mario Paint. And uh, the, there was a really bad mouse lag, so drawing on it was very difficult. Uh, the yeah. music was still able, it was still able to do that. But mm-hmm. again, it's very short. Like the song, it turns into a prog song because it skips a measure that should be there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh... yeah. Uh, something that was kind of similar to this, but uh, themed different, uh, was the Acme Animation Factory. Um, so um, as you know, animation studio for making your own little scenes, but you used uh, Warner Brother characters. So mm-hmm. Looney Tunes, I think the Animaniacs were there. This also used uh, the, the the mouse. I really like. I think the Animaniacs were there as a freestanding sentence. <laughs> like if you were so like if you were calling a, a dream yeah. or a deposition <laughs> or telling me about the day you got married or something like that. Like I really like. I think the Animaniacs were there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you should know if the Animaniacs are there. No, no, think about it. Like just. Yeah, they were animaniacs about it. It was a bad scene. They got into a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, uh, because I uh, because I was a, a garbage Genesis kid. My version of this uh, was Wacky Worlds. Okay, nobody cares. No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's about what I expected. I like there was a small little candle of hope that like somebody would go, "Woo, Wacky World!" <laughs> but no, like the Sega released their own like creative tool that also shipped with a mouse, right? Um, so it started out as Art Alive, and then Wacky Worlds was kind of a follow-up to this. I had a little bit of, like, Sega character branding and stuff. Um, and this is kind of about, um, it gives you a background, and you have these different uh, kind of, like, biomes almost. So there's, like, Halloween Land or Fairy Tale Land or whatever. And you have stickers and, like, little, like, animations that will go. And you're supposed to, like, make, um, like, make dioramas, almost. Like, make little scenes. So picture me. Dorky little kid. <laughs> Dorky little kid. Like my grandpa's coming in from Virginia or something. I'm like, I need to make something for Grandpa John. Click, 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 click. Halloween zone. Welcome, Grandpa John. Selling <laughs> just comes out and flips them off. Skateboards backwards off the screen. Yeah. Also, that was fun. It was fun. 
I, I've never, I'd never even heard of that. Yeah. Um, what I did play with is the Game Boy Camera. Ooh. Um, love the Game Boy Camera, 1998. Super cool little device. They're selling them on the show floor for $8. Go buy yourself a Game Boy camera. Um, I didn't know that. It's exceedingly fun. Yeah. Um, and this has a little bit, like, only a little bit of that creation engine, but you are doing photography, right? Like, that is a different kind of art, and it is through a game interface. You get to uh, add little stickers to the pictures you've taken. You can use the, you know, a picture you've taken will end up the end boss in the little shooter game that mm -hmm. it has. It does have that little bit of expression to it. Yeah. You know, you could get the printer, or you could uh, take your Game Boy camera to Blockbuster, I think, and they had the printed kiosk. Back in time. Back in yes. So break into an abandoned Blockbuster. Yeah. If, you, if you can go back in time, please stop Blockbuster from, from ending. <laughs> yeah. And, and stop me from ruining Kmart. <laughs> um, another one of these that I played with back in the day and just kind of recently got, it, got into, uh, MTV Music Generator. Has anybody played with this? Um, so I, uh, I picked it up. Because, you know, sometimes you listen to music you really like it. You think, oh, I want, I want to make stuff like that. Uh, the soundtrack for Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery was done in MTV Music mm -hmm. Center. Jim Guthrie, he was injured at the time. He couldn't really play his instruments. Couldn't really, like, sit his computer. But he could com compose these things on there. So, like, oh, yeah, like, this can make that. It's exceedingly difficult. You have to be a very talented musician like him to do that. But this is really neat. It's really full-featured. It's like a looping... Um, you know, uh, a looping music uh, composer where you have to like lay down the you know the tracks in these swim lanes, and then you can go in and mess around with the melody. Um, and there's a lot of really bad stuff in there, just like in terms of like yeah, kind of you know, <laughs> just yeah, like DJ just noises. Like, yeah, D DJ noises. My, my favorite one was I had a Yamaha keyboard, and the DJ setting had someone going DJ, and just like in case the DJs want to say his job. You know? <laughs> Yeah, but you get those. But you also got like these cool, like you know, just like dreamy effects. And this is something where like I love the sounds that this can make, but I desperately wish that there was a better interface for it. Mm -hmm. And that better interface is just you know, Fruity Loops on Mac, you know. So, right. uh, but I'm messing around. I made like a cool, like a like a chill, short, like trance kind of song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the kind of there are a couple more of these, but we're gonna we're gonna speed through them yeah. or, or you know skip them. But the thing that's different about this, why this is fun, is that gamey interface, I think, right? So, yeah. like, I'm a musician, I can just play music. It's kind of more fun to play with Mario Paint because I can't find a keyboard that does the, like, uh -uh. you know, I can't find Yoshi <laughs> noises on an actual, like, professional keyboard, right? Like, a Roland Gaia doesn't make the, the, the Piranha Plant guitar sound. Like, yeah. the jankiness, the toyiness of this adds an aesthetic quality to it uh, that is, like, kind of lo-fi and unique, uh, at the very least. Yeah. Um, they're good. Yeah. You know, and just you know, like like how many people got their start making this stuff because even though a piece of software on a PC would be really intimidating, I don't know. Like, no one's intimidated by whatever that Sega Sonic Haunted House game you're talking no, about. No, is. no, no. <laughs> like, you, you, you really don't understand how haunted these houses were. <laughs> these worlds were ten percent too wacky. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> Um, so there's a couple of just real rapid fire because we're, we're coming up on time. Kind of things that we kind of consider like emergent or hybrid with this. Um, so a real elephant in the room for this is Minecraft, right? Like people build computers in it. Yeah. Um, you can do anything in Minecraft. It's the most powerful uh, computing engine in the world, apparently, <laughs> according to YouTube. Um, 
pretty neat um, and was uh, actually just fully formed. No one made it. So you think, <laughs> right. think that there was a creator yeah. for it, but there's they, actually they, not. Right? Yeah, they, they just found it. It just came out. Yeah, it just came out. Yeah. Another one that I really enjoy is Sound Shapes. This is a real hybrid kind of example. Indie game came out a little while back. Uh, it is both a level designer, but you're also building a sequencer into it. Um, so, like, where the pickups are on the screen determines what beat the sounds fall on. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Sneak in. Um, a game that we play uh, during our charity live stream every year is uh, Ultimate Chicken Horse, which is level design, competitive level design in a literal sense. Um, mm-hmm. You are making levels. You're kaizoing your friends at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. Every it's simultaneous four-way kaizo. Kaizo, which sounds like a Pornhub tag in like, the worst possible way. Um, it's not, I swear. Um, but it's using, you know, level design elements, uh, and you have to, you're incentivized to be able to get through it. You're actually just kind of playing chicken with somebody saying, I can make it through this, but you can't. Um, in real time. It's a really cool game if you've never heard of it or never played it. Definitely yeah. check that out. Um, and then you included an incredible machine on this. Yeah, uh, incredible machine, which is a way to make, uh, Rube Goldberg machines. It is a simple puzzle game, uh, where you have to accomplish something very simple, like put a ball in a cup. But you get to create the way that you do it. You make a Rube Goldberg machine. If people don't know that, what that is, it's a very complicated machine to achieve a simple task. Pee-wee's breakfast machine for Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of kind of wrapping up, those are the, the main games we want to talk about. I think we've touched on a lot of what is fun about this. Um, you know, So I think we kind of got to that. Part of it is just creating stuff is fun. Yep. That's just inherently true. It's one of the reasons why people do it. Um, fun to share your stuff. It's really fun to reverse engineer the things you like. Um, and get a deeper understanding of them if you're a certain kind of nerd, which we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sharing your creation. And this is only getting easier, um, you know, from the days when you had to do it with somebody in the room with you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's roughly what we got uh, for this for this talk. Um, yeah. Does anyone have any comments or questions or any big one things we missed? Well, that's... What about really complicated yeah, character creation, yeah, that's a great idea. Because there's, yeah. um, I've seen a couple indie games where it's just character creation. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, and that's very fun. Like, I think it's a fun idea. Mm-hmm. And then uh, whenever I start, like, a big, crunchy CRPG, um, that is the most, like, I rub my hands together. Like, apply, <laughs> like, looking forward to it. Like, I just yeah. want to make this person. Yeah. It's, like, the big thing Icewind Dale has over Baldur's Gate is I get to make six of them. <laughs> you know? It's, like, super cool. Yeah. Um, character creators, um, that, that kind of edges almost into machinima when you get something like Monster Factory. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. just making something crazy is the is the point. That's uh, you know emergent, but also they give you the tools there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Have you given any thought to um, with Mario Maker Two? It's going to be much different not having the stylus in the second screen. I'm kind of curious, like how they're going to make the level creation tools. It's going to be less intuitive, I think. I, I think so too. I think that'll be that'll be a little bit rough. I trust if there's anyone I trust to come up with something that feels good, it's Nintendo, right? But that's one of the things with um, when I mess around with pinball construction kit for this is that you on um, the Commodore 64 you use a joystick to control the hand <laughs> that move the things, and that does not feel good. No, like it feels super bad. Like so, without the stylus or mouse, that's going to be rough stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still looking forward to it. Those cowards have not put Mario 2 uh, into it, and that's what Shameful. I really want. But Shameful. maybe Mario Maker 3. <laughs> Maybe. Give me Mario Land. <laughs> Give me the dumb bounce physics from that. <laughs> yeah, Sarasa Land, please. Yeah. So, what about the creativity of um, like home design? You see uh, the Sims. Some players the Sims brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I have had this idea for a Sims house since we did that episode where I do unlimited money and I build this like beautiful mansion that has everything you could ever want. 
but the toilet's in the center of the basement through a maze. And I just set it on AI and just see how long it takes my sim to like lose his mind and kill himself. <laughs> Every day it's a four-hour round trip to the bathroom multiple times a day. Uh, and that would be really fun to make. Um, when yep. we did that Sims episode, we made made houses and yep. stuff. And yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, thing. And like, what's the difference between that and like AutoCAD? Right, like that's what AutoCAD is, right? It's like an architecture thing. I don't think. Like, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, that it has its own kind of software equivalent as well. You know, which is neat. So, yeah. Is it just that bit of uncertainty or play points that pushes it into simply being, or not simply just being like, like art software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. It's a little bit um, more like a uh, more like a toy. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a big thing in Mario Paint. Like, mm-hmm. some of those interfaces, like, I don't know, what's this dog button do? <laughs> I love Undo Dog. Yeah, leave Undo, undo Dog out of this. <laughs> I know, that I saving robot. I yep. love that saving robot. Yeah, very good. Yeah. 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 Uh, first, uh, first of all. Um, you're the first flesh and blood person outside of my family that knows Jetpack. So cool, cool. I'm glad to have that confirmed to me that's the game. Uh, but second of all, where can we find your uh, audio music? But I, oh, I yeah. Thanks. Yeah, no, I, I did uh, two records of them. So if you go to garybutterfield.bandcamp.com, I have a couple records up there. I put all of them up there for like five bucks. And the whole idea was I did like 45-second songs, but I did a lot of them. So there's uh, over 100 of them. Um, and the idea is to play them on shuffle. And then there's one 11-minute prog song, and that's the boss, and you never know when you're going to hit it. So and then it, it's uh, it's challenging. Yeah. So it is, um, yeah. And uh, to that point, uh, the, the things that we have made for this episode, uh, they'll go up um, somewhere as soon as we uh, you know put this episode out live. So if you're yeah. curious about kind of what some of this looks like, yeah, watch for that. Another thing, too, I just thought about this, I should have mentioned this earlier, is a, a cool difference between the, the these two different things, right? So the theme song for this show, uh, for Watch Out for Fireballs, was recorded on a sequencer, a Roland sequencer. Uh, the theme song for After Suffering was recorded in Mario Paint Composer. So the differences in the kind of playfulness of those sounds is a really direct illustration of that difference. So having a bunch of meows in there. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So Back. speaking of the meows of Mario Paint Composer, they, they did a really good job making like every different sound really total, mm-hmm. and you were able to adjust that pitch and everything kind of sounded really good, including like the like Yoshi noises and everything else. Why do you think the cat sound is so bad? <laughs> yeah, I don't recognize <laughs> the question. You, I, I think, think you said bad good. instead of great. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, that doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think they made it so atonal? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, they're just there for goofs. Yeah. It's just there for fun. Like they did that baby noise that no one should use. Yeah. You guys know that? Where you do it low and it like literally becomes like uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> it becomes like that yellow song that <laughs> song with the Mario Paint baby. Um, I think all of those are like that. And then the difference is the ones that can be used for so like the Yoshi sound um is not share some DNA with the orchestra hit a little bit as far as the the kind of atonality of it. And they're both kind of percussive instruments. Um, the thing with the bark and the meow and the baby sound is that they have a little melody to them within them, so they sit weird in a mix. So that's the actual answer. I don't know why they did that, though, other than just to be goofy. Yeah. 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 So thanks, everybody, for coming out. We really do appreciate it. I know it's blizzarding outside. Um, thanks for staying for the second day of the con. Yeah. Um, you know, really do appreciate it. Um, 
if you, uh, we, the only reason why we're here is because we're listener supported. So yes. I know we have some patrons in the audience. Thank you guys. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, that's where, that's how we're able to keep doing stuff. Yes. That's why we have health insurance. That's why we can continue to do this job. So we really do appreciate it. Um, if you're new to us, um, just check out the show. We're yeah. not pushing you to patronize. Just check it out. Yeah. Um, if you go to duckfeed.tv, you can find our episodes and see what we're about. Yes. Um, and if you haven't yet, uh, please stop up. We are in the vendor hall. Uh, kind of back, uh, if, uh, so if you get, if you hit, we're by the Ecto one. Yes, we're by the Ecto one. Um, if you, if you pass that, you've gone too far. Uh, come by, say hi. We have, uh, free pins, postcards, things like that. Something to help you remember us. Yep. And we're doing a thing because of Mario Paint, we're asking people to draw video game characters from memory. We have a really impressive gallery so far. Um, uh, that could be. You know, like that, that's kind of the thing. You know, like, that might be this. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, we're trying to get the canon. So we still have yeah. a couple major uh, video game characters that have not been drawn. Yeah. So definitely come up and be the person who gives us our Luigi. <laughs> uh, sounded more romantic than intended. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Well, all right. Yeah. There we go. Thanks to everybody who came out to that. Yeah, good time was had by all. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the second year we got blizzarded. I know. On the day of. On the day of. It's a, it, it, was a, it was a beautiful weekend. And then that Sunday, uh, it just decided, nope, we're going to drop a ton of snow on you. So extra thanks to the people who uh, made it out. As well. Yeah, and, st- and stuck it out. Yeah, you know, decided not to because a lot of people, you know, it's it's the Midwest, so it's driving country. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, uh, you know, decided to brave some bad roads. Yeah, um, yeah, and hopefully this doesn't turn into our version of like the freshman or whatever, <laughs> where like, somebody braved a bad road to stay for the show and got hurt, which oh. would make us feel very bad. Yeah, we not need to be the end of the tour. No, um, on this, no. but uh, and, you know, hopefully everyone got home very safe. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what the freshman's about, right? What's the freshman? I, I don't know. I just I I know that I know that that's by the Verve pipe, and is that different than the Verve who did Bittersweet Symphony? It is. They are different from the Verve, right? Right. Yeah. So. It's like one's the Farm League. <laughs> like the Verve pipe leads to the Verve. Like once you mm. graduate the Verve pipe, you become one of the Verves. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. So, I got my Verve pipe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just all I remember is there. In, in in high school when we do karaoke, there was one person who always got up and did the freshman and it fucking killed the room. Not in a good way, but just kind of like uh, oh, well, it's yeah, not. It's yeah, sad. <laughs> it's very it's fucking, like, fucking tears in heaven, dude. <laughs> uh, Tim Heidecker had one of my favorite tweets, like to be the guy who repeats tweets. But I'm yeah. just so mad at myself for not thinking of this joke, uh-huh. which is tears in heaven to tears in hell. <laughs> that is perfect it's like it is a perfectly crafted joke and i was just like dying Uh, and i was like man why did i not think of that that's so good oh man Um, it's extremely good yeah uh yeah anywho uh midwest gaming classic good time Uh, let's let's talk about the weekend yeah um that show's getting big yeah yeah roughly the same size as last year maybe a little bit big but it, it's getting now to a size, like a very respectable, like it's at a very respectable size. Yeah, yeah. No, it yeah. it is it is kind of within punching distance, or you know, kind of approaching the same weight class as Portland. Uh, yeah. Portland is definitely bigger and more dense, but mm-hmm. uh, it is really cool to see that they're able to fill out those rooms. And 
you know, to see how many people are around, even though Sunday did die quite a bit. Yeah, Sunday, because... Sunday always dies off in weather. And, yeah, yeah. And also just Sunday, Lord's Day. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, Yeah, so the way this is structured, we talked about this before, is that they're kind of – there's a big room that is stuff like us, like mm-hmm. – um, and uh stores yeah stores and then like podcast panels and things like that and then another room that's an arcade and then tons of little rooms that are like small arcades or homebrew or people trading pinball parts yeah things like that um so the uh we got there early to set up and did our little walk around while it was still dead Mm -hmm. we typically do which is cool um some some neat stuff uh there there's like a, a nice like they had the uh the touring collection of every nes game yeah, that's always impressive. Uh, Although, like the, the 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 display cases that they have those in, I'm always terrified somebody will like knock into them and like just Dominus. push them over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know the the the, the, the PP with the motorcycles, right? They look like they should contain demolition men. <laughs> like they're like these like plastic, you know, like towers. You yeah. put the demolition mans in there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did uh, a walk around. Uh, big thanks to your buddy Derek. Oh yeah, Actually, my, yeah, yeah. My friend Derek decided to come. I, I came out a day early to check out uh, his house. Mm-hmm. Um, he bought a house, and uh, I wanted to spend a night uh, hanging out with him uh, before we headed up. And he came out and helped us out a little bit. Um, his house, I think I, I've uh, I might have mentioned this to you personally, but I haven't mentioned on the show. He has a um, a cellar, like exceedingly creepy cellar. Like when yeah. he first got it, he told me it was full of snakes. <laughs> And then I was like, "Where did, is it still full of snakes?" He's like, "They're gone." I'm like, "Where they go?" He's like, "I don't know," which is the worst answer. <laughs> and then the uh, it goes leads to a crawl space, and the crawl space, like a slender man's arm length away, like ten feet away, had a pristine USPS box. Okay, when, when, you, like, when you told me this story in my head, when you say USPS box, I'm picturing like like a mail drop off or deposit box kind of thing. Oh, no, 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 no. no. You're, you're talking it, it, about yeah. like a priority mail, like medium priority, sized well, box. Yeah, yeah. Medium sized box, but like in like great condition. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where you put things to send them to hell. I think. Yep. Yeah, that's where the snakes are. That's where like all kinds of secrets are. And he just can't like we can't get to it. It would take some kind of very long stick. It's a, it would take a I mean, where are you going to get a very long stick? I mean, nowhere. <laughs> Not 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 where he lives. Right. Not in the very long sticks where he lives. Right. The um. So yeah, we we uh we saw that. That was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And then and then uh, drove on up. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, the first day there was a, the NAS collection thing, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like a, a hall of PCs, like old personal computers. Love that. Although that 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 did have the most disappointing keyboard I've ever felt. Yeah, <laughs> I forget yeah, I forget keyboard. the actual machine, but it like it looked like it was going to be real clicky, but it was the muddiest thing, the muddiest, yeah. stickiest thing. It was like the keys are trying to get away from you. <laughs> like they're like no, like they squirmed away from your fingers. Yeah, it's repulsive. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, I mean that was like really it for day one. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you you know this is uh, I don't know if you had the same experience. I I was really feeling my age during this trip. Yeah. Like I was getting sick, which I found out like after I got home and was sick for a week. But <laughs> like it was probably that. But I was like really fatigued during a bunch of this and just very tired. I mean, we were you know, we were talking about this, especially so like, you know, flashing forward a little bit when you know, we got back on got back to the room on Sunday night and it was like 6 p.m. And we're like, OK, let's order some Indian food. And we both kind of retired to our separate chambers I think mm-hmm. I fell asleep at like seven o'clock or so. But when we were walking yeah. back to the hotel room, you, you we were talking about just how fatigued we were, and just going like, you know, we've been we've been doing these live shows for seven years. 
Like yeah. that's that's a, a tenth of the average life expectancy of a of a man, pretty much. Yeah, so a like, fifth of ours. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with all of the with all the chemicals we've been exposed to, yeah, no, um, but uh, but you know, it's like that's a that's a long time, and not obviously there are going to be changes in energy between that, you know. Yeah, and it's not like it was like physically demanding because you're just kind of sitting at tables and stuff. Like it's just you, no, you, you, you talked about this. It's you know, it's, it's kind of the, the the fatigue of constant awareness right yes yeah it was it was not so much the, the like talking to people thing it's the always being on alert that someone's going to walk up to the table and say hi and i yeah. like i'm going to drop into that and it lasts for like a couple of days after the show right like it's really embarrassing i'm like at the airport and people are walking by and i like look up like a puppy yeah you know <laughs> like i'm gonna ask them how they're doing and it's like they they, they don't want that no um i don't want that i'm just like in that mode and i think honestly like i got very sick mm-hmm. when i got back so i think that's really what was going on yeah yeah um it was just it was i was in the early phases of being sick and mm-hmm. it was just like but the whole show took a lot out of me yeah um in a in a weird way like an uncommon way yeah no i just um, think I, I think it's just a a combination of a bunch of stuff but just we're not you know we're not the same young people that we were when we started doing this mm-hmm. you know just not the no Nope. Um, so we uh, we get, came up and we set up mm-hmm. uh, the next day. And I want to point out, I'm looking for the actual name of it to give them credit. Um, my favorite, like, live music thing that has happened. Oh, yeah. One of these things happened. <laughs> um, yeah. But their website does not make this easy. Oh, you yeah. You'd have, like, yeah, just the, 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 the way they sort stuff. Uh, in, in general, the music was actually really good. Yeah, they, yeah. they did the music in the room. Which, which, okay, people who have followed our live show travails will remember the horrible experience we had in Austin in 2016, I believe, where it was just ear piercingly loud. And also it was in the same room that we were doing our panel in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like the, like when we saw them setting bands up, it was really a real bummer. A real, uh oh. Yeah. Cause we, we were relatively close to the band stage too. Yeah. Um, so a band called uh, Mechanical Life Vein okay. played, which I want to give a big shout out to, because what they do is they score video games. Um, they, somebody plays a video game and they play the soundtrack along with it, along with like power up noises and invincibility jingles and boss yeah. jingles and stuff in time with the game. Mm-hmm. And they did uh, DuckTales. Like somebody sat down and played a complete run of DuckTales and they just scored the entire thing. And it was awesome. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. It was just like super crazy. Like, you know, watching it, it was just very, very good. Like. You know, they get a, a, a power up and it would do the little power up jingle and then it immediately drop back into the song. Like it's just very well practiced and impressive. Mm-hmm. And as far as like a video game themed music thing, which is a real hit and miss. Yeah. Proposition. That's the, yeah. the, the, that's the thing. And they didn't just do DuckTales. They did like Metroid and stuff too. So they were kind of equipped to, to hit some of the stranger, the, the, yeah. the stranger compositions. They did Metroid second. Yeah. And that was one of those things where I was like, oh, the Metroid soundtrack doesn't work the same way as this. Like right, right. the songs on this that are good are good, but man, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it was, it was super cool. Yeah. So that was awesome. And that was definitely the highlight of that stage. Yeah. But um, just, there's like, some stuff that was like way less good. Yeah. Gen- gen- generally the, the, like the, the good stuff and the majority of the stuff was stuff that didn't really have percussion. Or if yes. it did, it was very, you know, it wasn't like rocking. It wasn't trying to kind of fill the room with sound. So like you had a lot of like, just kind of like jazz or acoustic interpretations of these, yes. of these game things. You had a, 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 a twee lady who got up there and scattered, uh, yep. to various music things, which I wouldn't listen to that voluntarily, but it was like inoffensive. 
the uh, the cool the arcade mode was the jazz arrangement. Okay, band, yeah. and they were pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there were like one hundred percent a couple. Of, I don't want to point them out that I thought were incredibly embarrassing and shitty too. Like it wasn't all good. <laughs> right. There's some of it that was that was you know was what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and just looking at that the, the stuff that's on that stage though, just because it's worth you know it didn't didn't necessarily happen chronologically then, but just to chat about it, mm-hmm. they did have. The people, so the guys from uh, Mortal Kombat, oh Jesus, yeah, were around. No, they they, they they were there like signing stuff, right? Like so, yeah. the people who were just around and auditioned to be kind of the the the, the photo capture, you know. So like they they had what yeah. the, the they had not Liu Kang, the, but yeah, uh, yeah, they had Liu Kang. Did they? Okay, uh, yeah, Liu, Liu Kang was there. Um, and then they they so they had the thing called Test Your Might, which was the, <laughs> this martial arts exposition. <laughs> With with I, the I with didn't... the actors from the game <laughs> and a local taekwondo studio, right? So and they had a bunch of kids. We used to taekwondo yeah. taekwondo studios and a bunch of kids, kind of like yeah. play fighting. I didn't get to see any of it, but I heard it, and yeah. it was all. I mean, go listen to the adaptation that came about the Mortal Kombat the album. It was that, yeah, yeah, in a in a very funny way. A lot of Chinese ninja warrior with their hearts so yeah. cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, the uh, so that was pretty funny. Um, they also kept doing, and this, they did this every day and it would, you know, it seemed like it was going to be a big deal. This, uh, AI smash brothers tournament yeah. where you bring in your amiibo that you've like programmed or what have you to see how it does in this tournament tournament. And like, I felt like they wanted this to be a really big deal, but it didn't really get the draw Yeah, that they wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just really confusing. Like at first I was like, Oh, it's a smash brothers tournament tournament. And then it's, yeah, it's not right. Right. So. Um, yeah, but that was fun, uh, having that stuff there, having the, uh, the Mortal Kombat guys about was cool. Like seeing just, oh, there's, there's, there's Luke Kang walking yeah, around, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> doing his thing. Hi there, Johnny Cage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John Cage, please. Um, the, uh, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what else as far as, uh, stuff at the, the convention? Oh, I, I, anything else neat? Like. I mean, like there, there, there was cool stuff. So every year I go to the, I go to these things and it's, it's frustrating because at Portland, there's always cool art that I want to get, but the, it's impractical to ship it back. So like, you know, I just look and I end up buying like a, just a $15 horror game and like, all right, well, that's, that, that's what I got from here. No, I got, I got, uh, some cool art from, uh, for, from a couple of places. Um, Artovision is a, uh, studio that does the shadow boxes. Of, mm-hmm. uh, of, uh, of various things uh both of us got the maniac mansion one and i got a mm-hmm. little i got a little loose sight uh chrono trigger uh campfire scene but that was that was really cool um mm-hmm. and then uh there's a studio called studio pen pen that does kind of hand-drawn renditions of video game world maps and stuff mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and that worked out really well cool stuff to hang on my wall yeah yeah good uh good good art mm-hmm. like good good showing um uh, of that kind of stuff a couple you know good game things um there was a weird like five foot tall artoria statue <laughs> which like we've all seen that artoria statue but we had i had no idea it was like chi- like child lifestyle right things. right that if it like fell over it would kill a kid yes yeah <laughs> or it was, it was child life size or child death size yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly i could kill two kids yeah like two kids trying to sneak into a PG movie. <laughs> a lot of people talk about getting three kids to stack up to yeah. go to an R rated movie, but uh, you might need two kids to get into a PG movie or a PG thirteen movie. But, but there are no laws about PG thirteen movies. Nobody well, they, they can't do shit to keep you out of those. Yeah, I guess if you're a seven and you go to see a PG thirteen movie. Yeah. I, I feel like a responsible 
movie person will stop that. Uh, do you think a responsible movie person would say no to little kids' money? Um, <laughs> I mean, like it's not their money; they don't get. The money. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they, 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 they should. You know, I just, it, is is it a moral? Is it a moral imperative to keep a to keep a six year old from a lot seeing... of angels in the outfield? <laughs> It is the definitely a PG movie. I was thinking yeah. specifically of like Austin Powers, like a oh. PG thirteen movie that's like right on the edge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Not not for me. Yeah, but perhaps for America's bravest teens. Okay, you know, serving serving on the fighting front. Yeah, <laughs> America's bravest teens <laughs> on Fox. <laughs> yeah no no with the, the the artoria statue it was like what 850 bucks or something it was 800 dollars, which yeah. is like deranged millionaire purchase for me yeah yeah you know like it wouldn't be but it would, if i was a deranged millionaire sure yeah like but, i was just imagining if i took it home in my like shitty one you know studio apartment just had it in the corner I mean, there's, there's just like i don't think that there's a room that exists in a home where that doesn't just end up being a place where dirty laundry hangs you'd have to you'd have to have like a hall like a dedicated room for it and a hall of similarly sized video game statues or yeah something. yeah like, like yeah. It, it demands lighting is the thing yes yeah, yeah. i'd have to get a lighting rig for it yeah it'd be a cool thing if you had like a fenced in like security secure yard and have it out in your yard with a bunch of lights <laughs> it. yeah the uh, like oh, we can't rob that place it's got our <laughs> what, what if the statue comes to life as far as statues to go, coming to life like four foot taller Torius is not something i'd still want to mess with yeah you know? like i i think i i how cool how tall would artorius have to be for you to t- be able to tangle with him do you think um a hundred like, duck size ones a hundred individual <laughs> duck sized artorias i could not tangle with that no no hundred would kill me one duck size artorias i might be able to take i i feel i feel like the smaller he gets the more nimble he is you know down to like if he gets yeah. down if he gets down to microscopic size he's just gonna jump into my lungs exactly yeah the um uh and 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 it doesn't take much to like you know something the size of a letter opener will will slash a tendon right and right. that's like literally all artorius has to do to end me right right and at that point i'm on my back and he can do whatever he likes like yeah no you're gonna the, get gullivered yeah yeah oh yeah like by, by just one you know <laughs> what, what artorius. i feel like i might be able so i would need something that like maybe like a a a, a cat or, or like a a, a, a medium sized dog sized Artorius. Okay. I feel like if I can get in one really good kick, <laughs> you know, yeah, like a, like a kickball, like like a real like one good kick, right? I might be able to stop the Artorias. But if he does that AOE, like, what do you even do about that? I don't know. It'd be I, a small AOE, but like, if you get caught in it, like, does it hurt as much? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I it burns your skin off. Is the yeah. is, is the thing? And I can't handle it. I'm not wearing very much armor. No. I mean, just as no. a matter of course. Yeah. Uh, tricky yeah i'd prefer not to tingle with an artorias i guess maybe the the best example would be to have like a gigantic galactic-sized artorias that you would escape their notice yes you know and he's just fighting eternals and shit out in space and you can just uh you know just hope he doesn't step on your house right yeah and it comes down to luck instead of skill and you could be a virus (laughs) to him oh what yeah if he was big enough to fall in his lungs fantastic voyage yeah. Artorius yeah, into our <laughs> gigantic artorius <laughs> like the new dlc like i i would uh i think that might be a good a good way to take out artorias uh, is like yeah. as a human virus yes and i mean you if, if he gets real big then i'll get real cocky too oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You like know. he's gonna be, you know, and you just like shower the classes him or just wait for him to go to sleep yeah. and just crawl into his ear and then tie two of his brain blood vessels together and aneurysm him to death. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then it just becomes the world's problem how to dispose of this gigantic rotting <laughs> pile of meat. You know, a, beach, meat. A, a beach a beach tonight. <laughs> the beach tonight. The beach Tartorius. <laughs> Boss car like, to the beach tonight. <laughs> yeah, the, um, that'd be very difficult to deal with. Yeah. I wonder what country I'd want to do that to. Yeah, I don't know, but there's a big, there's a big Artorias. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were next to Chris Kohler's booth. Uh-huh. Chris is a super nice guy, mm-hmm. uh, and you know which we which you knew before, but it was fun chatting with him from time to time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I got, you know, I also got that art. I got that maniac mansion, uh, mini and big print. Mm-hmm. And then I also, I bought my girlfriend, uh, felt like a wool octopus. Oh yeah. They, that was adorable. Cute, cute little octopus. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, we, uh, so we went and, um, did our meetup. Uh-huh. Um, and we met a lot of people. We also met a lot of people at the table mm-hmm. and this transitions into a shout out section because I wanted to give a special shout out to Brad. Uh, Carrie, who brought me a bunch of beers to share with my band. Oh, I I need Um, to hear the, what what were the logistics of getting those beers back home? Did that, did that work? This is the dark side. This is the, the I had a really bad Monday, (laughs) like the travel day back. Cause it's like, I got up and I was definitely sick. Like I Uh slept like garbage. Like, even though I was so tired, I didn't sleep very well because I couldn't breathe. And then I went to the post office and the post office lady was very rude to me. Um, I had to, I was like, okay, I'm going to check a bag. And then I'm going to ship back some stuff to make room in my bag. I'm going to check. Right, right. Right, rather than buy a bag. I was trying to do the logistics to make it, you know, the least amount of money to do this. And uh, wouldn't give me, like, nine inches of tape. What? And made me buy a roll of tape. Oh, at, at post office prices. So, like, $7 for. Yeah. It was very annoying. Like, and I was just like, really? I can't use she's tape? She said, no, we sell tape. And I'm like, no, I know. I, I you know, but, but, I, but I need to use this, this very small amount of tape. You don't want to just, you know, as a human being, like, give me this little bit of tape. And then she wouldn't do it. And then I bought the tape and I'm like, I don't want this fucking tape. Like, do you not understand what, you know, like she didn't understand what I was doing. Right. You know, but I was like, and I was at the end, I was like, here, I'm donating this to the next person who just needs nine inches of tape. (laughs) And she got really mad at me about that. And I was very tired and very angry. Yeah. Uh, And I said, fuck you. And, uh, and walked out. Um, so I didn't, I didn't get tackled by like a post office agent or anything like that, but it's very rare that I am mad at a service person. Right. Uh, right. But I'm very mad at the service person. And then went on, uh, went outside and this is again, sickness derangement because this is not what I usually do. Like, but I went outside and and on my phone was trying to go to the post office website to complain. Oh yeah. Because I was mad and it wouldn't let me submit the complaint. Oh, fun. And I'm like, oh, you got me. Yeah. You, you, the stunning stratagem post office. Like, <laughs> the suggestion box would work better if you cut a hole in the top of it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's a hole at the bottom of it. <laughs> so I was just like, this sucks. And then uh, just my, my uh, flight got delayed a little bit, like not too bad. But I just I got a later flight because I thought I would be in a good mood, you know, feel OK and maybe want to like. You know, I usually I, I like to kind of walk around Milwaukee. Yeah, do some city stuff. Like, it's neat. Like the, the, the area stuff. that you're in is, you know, we're kind of downtown on the river. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to do some city stuff. But I felt like garbage. So instead I did uh, just went to uh, the airport mm-hmm. and sat oh. uh, for a really long time. And it was just very stressful and shitty. <sighs> uh, and I felt really sick. How, how Like I just. How nerve wracking was it to get that beer through security? Or no, oh, you checked I, uh, it. I yeah. checked it. 
So that was I was worried about that though too. Here's a weird thing is that when I I never check bags. I haven't done it since I was like a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was worried they didn't pack it well enough that it was going to explode or whatever. Oh, that and uh, I got, pressure differential or something. Pressure differential or just being tossed around by idiots. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, when I got it, my beer was wet and or my bag was wet and smelled like beer. But it was not any of the beers I had tra- – like all of them were intact. <laughs> Somebody else's beers exploded in my first place. That is – huh. Isn't that weird? I took my bag home and I'm like looking through the bags, you know, looking through the box, uh, the, the beers. They're all fine. Yeah. And then I'm like smelling. I'm like this is definitely beer. Like what the fuck is that? Or some yeah. kind of engine coolant or something that smells like beer. Right, right. So I like wash my bag down. <laughs> uh, but I ended up being home like very late yeah. and just uh, just really miserable travel day and I was – Sick and done with it. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but that's good. So Brad, Brad, Brad's efforts were not in vain. Oh yeah, it's not. It's not Brad's fault. And we we didn't practice. Uh, but we I'm going to practice this week. Uh huh. And we're gonna get like little glasses and have a couple like have a bunch of flights. Ooh, nice. Yeah, we could yeah. do the world tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. No, it was good. Brad. Brad came out. He was. He. He's been out for like two years in a row. I think. Always yeah. comes up from. Uh, comes up from Chicago. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, yeah, we met a, we met some many people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's uh, chat them out. Yeah, let's do that. Let, let, let's ping pong. So I like to say hi to Dan. Hey Dan, thanks for coming out. Uh huh. Um, thanks John. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming out. Uh, thank you Michael, uh, and also thank you to Michael's wife. I I feel terrible that I didn't ask for her name, but she wasn't there. Uh, yeah, the two of them. Uh, so you may have seen a while back on social media, I believe we retweeted uh, a photo of uh, a knit plush um, beholder from the Monster My Podcast logo. Well, Michael and his wife, uh, they, they they make those or they, mm-hmm. they, 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 they made that one. They, and, they don't make they, they just made one. Like, yes, I don't think that they it, typically yeah. do that, but they made one. They made <laughs> the, an extra one. Yeah, they, they, they made one. Uh, she made a new beholder and then he made a gelatinous cube and brought them for us. Yeah. So, so he and he was he was real apologetic, saying like, "Oh yeah, I couldn't I couldn't make a beholder myself, but I made the gelatinous cube." Here's the thing about this gelatinous cube, which is on my knickknack shelf, my shelf of like cool fan stuff that I've gotten. Um, it it is you know a blue cube, but like there are these awesome little like felt bones and like weapons and stuff that are like like affixed to the side of it. And yeah. I'll be damned if it does not sell the impression of a gelatinous cube. It rules. Yeah, it's a great little cube. <laughs> yeah. Um, now that we've moved on from orbs to cubes, yep. <laughs> uh, this R- is the friendship uh, ended with orb. Yeah, yeah. It, the um, yeah. So this is great. I have the little beholder behind me, uh-huh. um, and stuff. So this this was awesome. Um, Michael also uh, settled the argument between me and the villain Jeremy Greer about land bridges, <laughs> officially and definitively. Oh, that's uh, great. So I, yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, but so, Michael is a scientist. He's not a geologist. Uh, he has no. a really fascinating bi- biology job that I, I don't know that I want to blow up the dox. spot about it because yeah. like, it's it's I don't want to dox him. But uh, you know, it was, it was funny hearing him talk about it. But he's science adjacent and uh, enough to, uh, to 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 settle that beef to squash it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, that beef is now squashed, and I'm mm-hmm. the winner of that, and that's all thanks to Michael. So thank you, Michael. Um, also, big uh, big thanks to Christian. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to David. Yeah. Yep. Thanks to David. Uh, thanks to Brad, who we've also uh, met a couple times. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel bad. Brad um, definitely wanted to, like, hang out. And we would have, but again, see here earlier in the episode of, like, how draining and fucking sick yeah. I end up being yeah. uh, from this thing. But Brad's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Does a uh, a podcast that is the uh, – I think it is, like, the beer – the beer cast, the beer – 
oh, right. games yeah. cast, yeah. something oh. like that. Um, yes. Let me see if I can find that. Hair of the Dog cast, I think. Hair of the, thank you. Hair of the Dog cast. That's it. Yes. Um, yeah, it does that podcast. And they had a, a booth set up. Yeah. And stuff. And yeah, and Brad's awesome. Brad's really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to Justin. Yep. Thank you, Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, big thanks to Steve. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Steve. Big thanks to Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say uh, large thanks to Matt. So they're not all big thanks. Mm-hmm. So large thanks to Matt. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, medium thanks to Tim. Tim could have no, done more. Sorry. Tim no. knows what he did. <laughs> um, uh, Jack, a.k.a. Chicken Riggies. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Chikariki's Ch- um, uh, a, a stalwart on the Slack, a stalwart um, specifically in the stream chat for um, Duckstream. Yes, yeah. yeah, and in all of our uh, stream chats. Mm-hmm. So big, uh, big, big thank you to Jack. Yeah, came over from uh, from Minneapolis. I think it was like a five hour drive. Yeah, it's awesome though. Like mm-hmm. it was really good to see him. Yeah, um, Jacob and Katie they stopped by. Uh, super mm-hmm. sweet. Um, and they gave us uh, something that we're probably going to cover on Adaptation Decay, uh, the ter- uh, DVD of the terrible Dragonlance movie. Yes, the one with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, the animated one. So yeah. I'm very excited to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, and doing more D&D content is always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lo- love uh, love Dragonlance. So that's awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. So when that episode comes out, that's uh, you have them to thank. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that um, big thanks to Jordan uh, Jordan is a big uh, supporter of the network and then also of, of me with the zine mm-hmm. and stuff um, yeah and, uh, and and came by with Stephanie mm-hmm. um, and yeah that was just really, like very very sweet I'm glad to finally have met Jordan yeah so, yeah appreciate like, it. I got something sending uh, sending Jordan Jordan so if you're listening to this Jordan mm-hmm. behind your mailbox yeah no it's a it, it's it's really nice to be able to put names with faces it's a it's yeah. a very strange experience because when somebody comes up to the table you kind of want them to you, you kind of want them to say their full name or to say their screen name <laughs> because yeah. like yeah. it just immediately like okay yeah like uh, yeah awesome you thank you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh back to big thanks big thanks to nate mm-hmm. yep big thanks to nate big thanks to uh andy mm-hmm. yeah love you andy uh thanks to jason yeah uh, I want to extend gratitude to Corey and Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not show up necessarily together. Right, right. Also. And then uh, large gratitude to Nick and then also Peter. Uh, Peter is uh, you know, a patron and will end up on an episode coming up, mm-hmm. uh, which you should look forward to because it's a, it's a cool pick. It's a it's a weird one that it's a game that I literally never hear anyone talk about. <laughs> um, and yeah, we we end up choosing it over a game that I think would probably do like, you know, quote unquote, like bigger numbers mm-hmm. just because it's like this is a cool game that deserves like someone to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and that will be us. Yeah. Uh, Nick is a big patron as well, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and if we didn't shout that out specifically, it wasn't because. Right, right. They're not, you know, <laughs> right. and nothing like that. It's just uh, uh, the. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we really do appreciate everyone who came out. Um, when we uh, when we do these live shows, it's very fun to put names to faces mm-hmm. and just to just to say hi. Yeah. You know, if we're if we're coming to your area or anything like that, uh, feel free to come up and say hi. Please do. Um, yeah. and, you know, it, it is uh, it's nice to to see everybody, and uh, we appreciate it. And we have stuff to to give away. Right. Right. You know. No, so. it's super gratifying as well. Yeah. I just uh, you know always leave leave there feeling hashtag blessed that people you know make make special trips to come out and see us. It is yeah. you know, um, no, it feels good. Yep, yep, yep. No, um, so um, what else? Uh, we did the meetup. 
Yeah, we did the that was that was good. The the, the music but, got progressively louder over the night. We were at the yes. 1983 bar and arcade, just like we were last year. Yep, which is probably will probably be our meetup home uh-huh. for when we uh, when we you know uh, do shows in Milwaukee in the future as well. Like that place is great. Uh, it's a good size. It's like cozy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's uh, it's an arcade, but it's not like a huge loud arcade. Like the selection of games is not super great, right, but it's right. got a foot in both ponds in a really kind of nice way, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, um, we hung out with the Retronauts guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Bob and Jeremy, mm-hmm. um, that was really fun. Um, always a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, to, to see, to see those fellas. Um, yeah. And I, I, I kind of, Oh, um, I want to say that I had the worst con food I've ever had. Oh, yeah. Talk about this because yeah. <laughs> the, 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 this, this could have gone either way. It could have been really good or, uh, or could have gone the way you did. So, so there's like, there was two, two weird things going on with the food. One, they had uh, Jersey Michael's sandwiches, which they, they tend to have. Right. And they had one of the weirdest choices, which you walked up and got your sandwich. And then you stood in a separate – it was like two uh, kind of like perky young ladies who were making sandwiches, mm-hmm. like sandwich shop ladies. Yeah. And then you stood in another line where grandpa was taking everyone's money. <laughs> and it was so weird. I was like, how many people are doing sandwich walk-offs on this shit? <laughs> because it is just uh, – I was like standing in line – and I'm like, why am I standing in line to pay for this? Like, yeah. this is very strange. <laughs> um, so I didn't want to deal with that the second day. Um, in front of us was a pizza booth that always had a huge line. <laughs> right. Everyone right. the pizza. There was a con food thing that would have been like nachos and hot dogs and shit like Aramark yeah, garbage. Yeah. Also long line. Mm-hmm. Like very surprising. And then there was a place called – I'm going to name them because they fucking suck. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Milwaukee with walk as a walk. Right. Um in there and i was like never really a big line they're also doing ice cream and stuff and i was like okay like i'm gonna risk that yeah and i got spicy singapore noodles <laughs> which were like overcooked fried uh hard like not overcooked undercooked uh yeah. fried hard noodles um with like two pieces of celery and the only seasoning was like a handful of chili powder like the kind that you might make to make you know, chili, the, the, the savory stew. Right, right. You, you can, and, and you could smell the chili powder. Like it, it was it, incredible. Yeah. It was, is inedible. Like, like I couldn't, couldn't eat it. I'm like, this is so nasty. It was a solid mass. Like it, yeah. like it, like it came in a little gelatinous cube, you know, a semi gelatinous cube. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, uh, really nasty. Yeah. Really nasty. No, you know, if you, you, you get something that's like a, a, a like oh Singapore like noodle or something, I was expecting some kind of um, you know flavors that come with that genre of food as opposed to just like noodles and chili powder. Yeah, super nasty. You know, and and it's like I can't fucking eat this. Like it's disgusting. <laughs> and, and just like you know, in in my experience, in my past experience, like yeah, there's bad Chinese food, but it kind of just kind of falls down to or you know bad let's say just Asian fusion food. Or, you know mm-hmm. it just it, just any of those but like the the floor never really goes that low to where it gets inedible yeah. like what i saw was the floor <laughs> yeah this this was this was very bad and i yeah. saw a couple people like again nobody was ever in line for this thing it was like yeah, three people derek got the fried rice that they had and he said uh it was like edible but he said it's worse than like the frozen cube 
Yes. Yeah. You know, things, um, you know, the, the, those things that you can get, the, the frozen, uh, the frozen kahiki or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those things. Yeah. Um, but this, this was really disgusting. So luckily yeah. you were in line for a sandwich. I was like, grab me a sandwich as well. Cause I yeah. can't, I got some crab ragoons with it that were fine. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, because they just throw them in a deep fryer, right? Like, right. they're just, you know, just throwing back stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that, that, that was really disappointing. <laughs> I was very, uh, yeah. very angry about it. And I hope that people were not into it. Like, right. I hope that they don't come back next year, you know, cause it's like, it, they didn't, you know, they had to have done pretty well just because it was like, people were choosing it when they didn't want to stand in line. Yeah. You know, that, that was it. But I, I just, I don't want them to be back next year. Cause some, you know, another vendor could be, you know, still like the, the kind of King for the, the, um, food vendor stuff is the, um, the, the, the skewers. Uh, awesome. Yeah, or well, these skewers oh, are good no. too. But in Austin, had really good food as well. Yeah, yeah. Or they're good, like food cart. The skewers were good though. Uh huh. Um, you know, having food carts in these things is great. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, but just uh, especially because be because it breaks you out of the the the, the Aramark, you know, prison food ecosystem. Yeah, yeah the prison yeah. food. Like, here's a spongy piece of pizza for nine dollars. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing that that is pretty depressing. Yep. So yeah, not to end on that dour note, but I was very like <laughs> just really grossed out by that. Um, uh, so the, yeah. I mean, we can end on you know a somewhat after suffering note. Uh, the <laughs> something that was hilarious, uh, you know, whenever like a big facility like that gets a soft drink license, it is blanket applied to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this convention center, they're in the pocket of big Royal Crown Cola. <laughs> yeah, Royal Crown Cola. They're a vassal of the king. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so like I, I, I went out on a search, you know, for, for a Diet Coke or failing that a Diet Pepsi. Uh, yeah. and I came back with the shameful dreaded Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would drink a Diet Dr. Pepper before I'll drink a, uh, a Diet Pepsi. Yeah. But I I will be deep, deep, deep in the cold ground before I drink a Diet RC. <laughs> like, that's, that's not the kind of thing I'm going to do. And there's always going to be somebody who's like, well, I actually prefer RC. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, somebody's going to walk up and, and oh. say that. And I, my advice to you if you're listening to this is don't listen to those people. Right, right. Everybody you know? has preferences. That's a... Everybody has preferences. And if somebody's like just literally like, well, I actually prefer – I mean, I just – it's suspect. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe you do, maybe you don't. We'll never know. Right. But like, <laughs> How contrarian like that, are you being? I just, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's very hard yeah. to separate that out from just bad faith actors, <laughs> you know? So. Jesus, man. Yeah. No, but <laughs> it was a good time, you know? Yeah. It's very, a yeah, very good time. Like, yeah. even, like even though, like I said, I, I was uh, very sick, uh-huh. all these uh, bummer things kind of came along with it and I was drained, yeah. but it was a good time. Yeah. Good, um, uh, good, good, good hotel time too. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, just hanging out and watching, uh, you know, dumbass TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. So thanks everybody. To, uh, if you're listening to this, um, you know, your support, even if you're not a patron, you still are listening and kind of helping us get where we got here and allowing us to do this kind of stuff. So yeah. we really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It is, it is always nice to take this show on the road, uh, take my job, take this job into the real world and understand and look and see that there are real people on the, on the other side of these microphones. Yeah. Uh, it, you like that, that sounds weirdly self-indulgent or whatever, but it is very easy to forget, Yes, you know, when your job is so solitary like that. So yeah, it's, yep. it's good. Thank you very much. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Um, if you, uh, so if you, if you're listening and you do not, 
you know, are, are not already in the ecosystem mm-hmm. um, and want to support the network, the best way to do so is to go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Yes. Um, get a lot of stuff like early episodes, extra episodes, bonus shows, things like that. Full premium episodes uh, of this show once a month. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And this one's going to be spicy, like not to, you know, be a hype man or whatever, but like this month's is Hitman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... In every fiber of my being, I'm like, this is going to be a really fun, good episode. Yeah, yeah. Because it's 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 you know, I think that there's like the, you know, there's the two kinds of really extreme Watch Out for Fireballs episodes. Like it's like we really hated the game or really loved it. Uh huh. And like, I fucking love this game. It's this really is my good. Game I played this year. Like, it, it's so good. I, I like this more than you know the previous winner, which is Resident Evil Two. Like, yeah, I like this more more than that. And it's so interesting having this come at the same time we're doing Sekiro uh-huh. because you'll kill your foes ingeniously. Mm-hmm. Like step back, Sekiro. <laughs> like I, you know, if that's the energy you're going for, this is the wrong time for me to have played this right after because <laughs> this evokes that feeling so much better. Yeah, you know, not that I, you know, I, I love Sekiro, like I'm enjoying Sekiro quite a bit, but yeah, yeah. it's just it, this is scratching that itch of like really expressive murders uh, <laughs> that, that, I, that i wanted you know? yeah really expressive murders you know yeah um so i'm i'm enjoying it so much i've i've bought all the you know we, uh uh al baron who is uh, on our slack was nice enough to uh give me a code uh for the first one. Oh, nice yeah um, but I then went through and bought the second one and then bought the upgraded versions and all the DLC for them because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is yeah, this, this is, is my shit now. This, this is, is my your thing. jam. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is me for the next while. Yeah. Uh, of my my spare playing because I fucking love it. Yeah. And I've I've also been thinking about it a lot and stuff like I think it's going to be a good episode because mm-hmm. I think my my spicy premise uh, that I have for this is that like. The a mild amount of righteous anger at the reductiveness of calling this like a murder simulator. Right. Right. Um, is that, you know, cause like I said that, you know, I want to murder people ingeniously thing mm-hmm. that does happen, but there's so much more to what this is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a game, like it is just extremely generous. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love it. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a really fun episode. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we will have the full premium version of that up for patrons, uh, later in the month. Yeah. So, um, I'm really excited about it. I, I, I am happy that you found your frost punk. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Frostpunk was kind of my Frostpunk too. Oh, like, no, like, no, <laughs> but I mean, it was like a, yeah. a, ga- a game that both of us really loved, and I, I, I love Hitman, and there's no saying that I will not, you know, um, there's no saying that I will not be as into the, into it as you are. But like hearing you talk about Hitman the way you do, I, I, I think I feel like I'm hearing myself talk about Frostpunk. Yeah, right. It, it, it is like very much like I found a thing that's made for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it has that feeling to it. Like it's, it's pushing all the buttons of things that I care about in games really mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. So not, I mean, not all the buttons, but like most of the buttons of things that I really, really care about. Yes. If you gave this like, you know, if this had the pathos and, and you know, relatability of like Dark Souls 1 or Torment or something, yeah. then I would have to like quit just in order to play it or something. I don't know. Something would happen. Like if yeah. this is you, you, so close to just literally hitting everything out of the park. You, you, uh, you, you, would some, you would somehow find a way to go on the road following this from town to town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just going to IOI and then just being, you know, oh, you guys, are you guys still giving me the office? Okay, yeah, I'll be across yeah. the street. Yeah, no, I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll be in this unfinished, unfinished apartment I live in. You know? <laughs> so... Yeah. yeah. Um so that, that that is the premium a premium episode for this month. Uh also uh after this we're doing um Batman Arkham City, another yeah. uh very enjoyable game. Uh I don't know if there will be time. There should be time for you to write in. So if you have thoughts about Life is Strange, 
um, mm-hmm. Batman Arkham City or Hitman 2016. The deadline for that, uh, as always, is the 15th of the month. Um, yep. And uh, we, we, we will include those in the dispatch episode. Duckfeed.tv slash contact. Yes. Um, yep. If you have thoughts about our games for May... Uh, then that mm-hmm. is uh, the, it is also the 50 or sorry, our games for June. Fuck this year is going fast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the deadline is the 15th of that month. Gary, what are we doing in June? Uh, in June, we are doing the seventh guest slash the 11th hour. Mm-hmm. Um, we are doing Into the Breach. And we are doing uh, what we're calling the Golden Age of Tetris. Uh, which primarily going to talk about these new Tetrises, but also just kind of Tetris variants in general. Yeah, yeah. So expect a, a lot on uh, Tetris 99 and the Tetris effect and kind of many things on other Tetris variations we love. And uh, yeah, and we will we will tell the story of Tetris that you've heard many times, but with mm-hmm. more dick jokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then for patrons that month, uh, there's no premium episode per se. Uh, the regular feed gets all of those episodes, but patrons also get a bonus episode on the uh, NES game, The Adventures of Lolo. Yeah. So, um, so looking forward to that. Yeah, it's gonna be real fun. Um, yeah, and then we have cool things uh, planned for after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, again, that's uh, the way you get all that stuff early and get access to full versions. Of all that is through the Patreon, patreoncom TV. The other thing you can do is leave us a rating and review. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, now is a great time to you know the network is is growing. We're doing uh, well, and we're really grateful for it. And we want to keep that momentum going. So if you want us to keep that momentum going, now is a great time to uh to show up and and uh lend your support that way like mm-hmm. write a review yeah so yeah um i think that's it i think that's it yeah um yeah so the uh until next time um watch out for us coming to your town <laughs> just, coming. Just, roll, just roll it up in two rvs <laughs> yeah rolling up in two rvs got any of that hit man yeah. um, the, <laughs> the Ross street yeah